For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hey, this is Coach Lundy with 4th Down Focus. I have a very special guest today, Coach Rippon. He's a coach for four decades, Division I football. He's a defensive coordinator. He's a special teams coordinator. And he's going to tell you a little bit about his story today. We're going to delve into some topics related to special teams and how he and I are both complimenting each other past few weeks via Zoom in this, in this COVID time and just getting better. And uh, anyway, how you doing, Coach? Great, Dan. Thanks for having me on. I'm I'm really excited, uh, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you in in the audience. Awesome. I could have this be the entire show, but I'm going to ask a challenging question for you. I'd like you to give a brief uh, rundown of kind of where you started uh, in college football. Actually, yeah, college football. Let's just start there, and you know, over four decades of coaching, um, where you are now, and. Um, you know, later we'll delve into your mindset and how special teams became a part of that. Well, you, you know, everybody likes to tell their story and think that it's, uh, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I'm one of those people. Uh, you know, I went to a high school that football wasn't very big. It was an academic institution, but I was the, the guy that sports was the most important thing. Uh, I have to start by saying when I, I went to college, it was a pay-to-play Division II school in Connecticut, Southern Connecticut State College. And what's crazy about it is Division II uh, pay-to-play, and four of the coaches uh, eventually made it to the NFL, and six of the coaches made it at least to the Division I level. So I, I was exposed to great coaching at a very young age. Uh, decided that I wanted to stay in, in, involved in football and, and be a coach. I wanted to be a teacher. That was, that was the beginning of this whole thing. I, I wanted to be a teacher, uh, and football became my subject, and I was going to be the best that I could. And I started out as a graduate assistant at a Division three school uh, with a guy by the name of Paul Pasqualoni, who was my position coach in Southern Connecticut. And we took a program that had won 20 games in – 12 years and within three years we were in the NCAA division three playoffs. So I, I had a great background. I became the, I, Paul left to go to Syracuse and I became the youngest head coach in the NCAA at 27 years old, uh, had just gotten married and had our first child in my wife of 33 years. Uh, is a great lady. I said, I want to get to major college football. I couldn't do it as a player. Uh, but I wanted to do it as, as a coach, and we left being a head coach a great job, uh, and I became the defensive coordinator at Boston University, and uh, that was a lot of fun uh, until we got fired, and there it goes. There's the beginning of, of being a college football coach, and uh, 
we were we were let go. Uh, I had at that time uh, four kids. We had just had twins, so we had four under four, and uh, without a job, and you have to make a decision. Uh, what are you going to do? And I just have great faith. And Paul Pascaloni became the head coach at Syracuse, and he hired me. And I was the linebacker coach and the kickoff coverage coach, and of course worked with uh, with other positions on special teams. And in 1995, he called me in the office. He said, uh, you're going to coach the linebackers, but I want you to be the special teams coordinator. And I thought that was pretty cool. And he said, now offense, defense, special teams. He said, they're all the same. Uh, I expect for you to have a playbook, just like the offense and the defense. I'm expecting to have uh, drills drawn up, techniques explained. Uh, meetings organized with the coaches as well as with the players. So I'm now a coordinator and it's offense, defense, special teams, and he separated all three. We're going to use the best players that we can. And we had great players at that time, as you know, that was prior to you getting to, to college and having the great success that you did. Uh, but my very first uh, kickoff returner was a guy by the name of Marvin Harrison. Uh, and it, and it, just a quick note, uh, you know, I was going to be this great coach, and, and I'm watching Marvin, and he's our kickoff returner and punt returner, but he's working on punt returns, and he's catching the ball with his hands above his head instead of forming the pocket and pinkies together, and it, you know, comes into the bread basket. And me being, you know, hey, I, I'm now the special teams coordinator. I walk over and say, hey, Marvin, you know, why don't you put your – pinkies together and, and your hands out and you know, let's catch it in the bread basket. He said, coach, I catch over 200 balls a day by a quarterback. It's a spiral. The punt is a spiral. I'm not going to change how I catch the ball. I work on this a hundred times a day. So I'm catching punts like this. And he was an all American and I became known as a good coach and it's all on Marvin Harrison. Uh, we we had very good kickers, punters, long snappers, uh, actually, my long snapper in, in the Florida people will, will remember this name, I'm sure, was Donovan Darius. So Donovan was a four-year starting uh, safety. He was an All-American. He was a second-round draft pick. He was the long snapper for us for four years. And so we used great players, and that's the kind of the way the, the times were. Uh, three all-American returners in three years, Kevin Johnson, Marvin Harrison, and Quentin Spotwood. And uh, it was pretty cool. I was a pretty good coach back then and uh, moved on, became the defensive coordinator at, at Syracuse and was that and um, became, we had a staff change in 2004, became the special teams coordinator, associate head coach, and then they fired us. So here we go again. Uh, go down to the University of Mississippi with Coach O and and the special teams coordinator in the SEC uh, with Coach O and and uh, we had some really good players but Coach O was the same way and I think still is is that you're using really good players uh, had great competition um, really good players got fired in 2007, even though we actually had a, a book written about us. So if you want to go back and read about Coach O's uh, history. So I got fired. Uh, we got fired, went to uh, Rutgers for a year, special teams coordinator, and then went to Marshall 
for three years as the defensive coordinator, Marshall to Columbia, which was awesome. Now, I'm a Northeast guy, as you and I had talked about. It's New York City. It's Columbia. I don't think, I mean, definitely the worst football program in the history of college football. And I was going to be the savior. I was going to be the defensive coordinator and then the head coach. And we we're going to win the Ivy League. And we we're going to go down uh, the avenue of heroes, just like the Yankees and the Knicks. Well, the Knicks, not so much. Uh, and the Mets, not so much. Uh, they let us go. And I came back to Ole Miss in 2015 and uh, was hired by you, Freeze, as the special teams coordinator, uh, the tenth and a half coach is what they referred to me as. Uh, I wasn't a recruiter. Uh, and then things got hairy, which uh, leads into where I am right now. Uh, we were put on uh, probation by the NCAA. We just graduated our, or we're graduating our kicker and our punter. Uh, kicker actually Gary Wunderlich had set the scoring record for the University of Mississippi so now I'm have to replace the kickers punters and long snappers with walk-ons that can compete in the SEC that way not only the SEC the SEC West so we're playing Alabama Auburn Texas A&M every year of course Mississippi State and uh, really enjoyed the challenge and how to find a way Dan to Evaluate effectively and efficiently evaluate players, numerous players all over the country in a time frame that was dictated by other responsibilities like getting practice ready, like uh, working with the kickers, punters, long snappers, meeting with coaches, setting the practice schedule, evaluate. So how am I going to identify the best prospects in an environment that didn't time-wise wasn't as easy and come up with players that could compete in the SEC West and right now I'm in the uh, position of I've just started a uh, my business coach rip consulting and have an opportunity to continue looking and working with young kickers punters and long snappers what I'm really interested in is and how we're going to move forward and collaborate is, you know, you and I think a little differently in terms of the evaluation, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But before we go to the evaluation side of things and how, like what you've looked for over the years in specialists, I wanted to ask you and I wanted to touch on the philosophy of special teams, uh, the mindset, how it's changed, not only with you, but I think it's almost a standard now. It's an expectation that you must place an emphasis. There must be a structured plan. There, there, there must be execution on game day if you plan on winning, especially against an equal opponent. So I wanted you to touch on, you know, I know that timeline's extensive, but I imagine that the focus uh, and, and the time spent and the emphasis placed and the evaluation and bringing in a kid, um, there's a lot more time spent these days. Uh, people have gotten a lot better, generally speaking, as far as bringing in the impactful people and actually utilizing your star players now more than ever um, on these plays that, yes, they could potentially get hurt on kickoff and punt return. These are violent plays oftentimes, but they're also plays that if you don't have an equal side, um, it flips the field, it's touchdowns, you know, it, it causes touchdowns against you. So could you just expound on that a little bit, explain like how it's changed, not only with you, but what you've seen in the, in the college football world about emphasis placed on the fourth down? Sure. Uh, you know, that, that's the money down and, and very appropriate name for, for your business. I'm very attractive 
you know, you and I had spoken about this, and this is kind of one of the soapboxes that an experienced coach, the amount of time that I've spent in, in, in the profession, is the greatest change to college football was a 20-hour rule. And that came about in the 90s, uh, mid-90s. And they prior to that, they, you, you had as much time as you wanted. So you were having meetings in the morning. You would practice for three hours. The kids would go to dinner. You'd come back and you'd watch the practice film. Uh, so the, when the NCAA said... Uh, you could only have 20 hours with the kids. They had to have a day off, and three of those 20 hours was the game. So it was realistically 17 hours. And 85 scholarship players, things started to change. And uh, one of those things was, as you see now, offenses. Okay, now you're taking away a fullback. Uh, you're kind of taking away a tight end. They're trying to make the hybrid H-back, whatever. You're decreasing the number of linebackers because they're facing uh, these high-tempo three, four wide-out offenses. And because you're losing – to me, you lost two major players in, in a special teams concept in your, the linebackers and the tight ends slash fullbacks. And you have a lot more wide receivers and a lot more defensive backs, and how do you implement them into the coverage aspect like you you know we were talking about philosophically coaches are are, I think really on on two sides one is Nick Saban you are not getting on the field unless uh, unless you're playing on special teams two special teams you're an offensive defensive starter you're going to be starting on two special teams and then there's the school of thought that you know we're going to pay it it's part of the game so we're going to play it but I don't want to use starters And I think that gets you into trouble, certainly because I'm a special teams coordinator. Um, But when do you, when can you utilize the, the best players? And I think we have some really good coaches out there that, that do a great job of it. DK Metcalf. I'm going to bring DK Metcalf up because he just, you know, everybody saw that what a great game and the, and the winning touchdown and everything else. Uh, Well, DK Metcalf's a, they're not real excited about me putting him on the kickoff team, on the punk coverage team, on, you know, on anything. He's DK Metcalf. And we had AJ Brown as another wide receiver. Well, how can you get these guys involved? Um, you know, they're, they're not covering kickoffs. They're, you know, we're, they're not covering punts. Well, yeah, they are, you know, they are competitive first round draft pick, great kids. Uh, and we've actually, they were both starters on two special teams. Uh, on our kickoff return team, they were the tackles, and they would drop back, and they would make sure that the the contained player on the kickoff coverage team, the opponent, didn't come in, and they worked as gunners on the punt team. So now that build the help build the culture of nobody's too special to be on special teams, and build that aspect of it. Um, so going back to my original thing, the twenty hour rule was the biggest impact on how special teams are going to do it because time was reduced. And how does that conform to the overall plan of the head coach? How much time can I allot each day meeting wise and practice wise? And how are you going to get everything that you want to get accomplished in a less amount of time? And so that's the big picture. And then, you know, down the line, we can talk about specific position responsibilities in the kickers, punters, and long snappers. 
Absolutely. I think, I think we could, we go for a while with that. I think the audience needs to know that, you know, you and I met not too long ago. And again, I mentioned COVID and uh, turning a negative into a positive is like, I've met people like you, you, I've only known you for a short time. And, you know, we probably have been on about 12 to 14 hours. I think that I've logged it because we record our conversations because I, I, I learn best when I reflect on things I've heard. And I think that's important, especially for the specialists listening right now that have aspirations to play at the next level that you must reflect on your film often because that's the way you're going to identify tendencies. But it leads into my next point. You had to evaluate for a long time. You had to sift through hundreds, if not thousands, as you increase levels. I mean, I imagine that you get a lot when you were at Ole Miss for those two times that uh, you were inundated with film and DMs and whatever at the time was the popular way of contacting a college coach. But my question is, and I'd like, I'd like you to talk to a, a large population of the audience, which is, in fact, parents of high school athletes that want to play special teams in college. It's the special teams players in high school right now. It's their high school coaches that, you know, are, are friends of the show. Um, I think coming from you would be invaluable as to what you could say are the, the few things that are going to get your initial attention and then perhaps um, how that continues or it doesn't. You know, like obviously I think a lot of kids can get your attention, but I want you to kind of expound on, what are the kids that keep your attention? And ultimately, what are the kids that actually got the offer from you? Okay. Uh, let, let me give you big picture and then let's whittle it down. I'm going to evaluate a kid no matter what if their head coach had called my head coach. And the head, our head coach, whether it was Hugh Freeze or Matt Luke, uh, speaks to a, a high school coach and he's going to find out because in the big picture of recruiting, the coach has to be able to keep that line of communication open. So as an example, uh, Coach Petraccio in, in Connecticut, Mars and I have worked together forever. He's a Hall of Fame coach, high school coach. He calls the head coach and he says, I got a kid. Will you take a look at him? The head coach is going to go down. He's going to ask the recruiting coordinator. He's going to go down and ask the regional coach that's responsible for that area then he's come to the special teams coach and he's going to say what about this kid well i'm he might not be on my radar but i'm going to find out because it's going to go back up the chain and we're going to find out about this kid now he might not be somebody that we'd be interested in but i'm going to evaluate him because that's the way it works every school has recruiters that are responsible for an area so when the high school coach talks to that uh, to the recruiter that's responsible for that area, again, the name is going to get brought up and, and may or may not get evaluated. Um, I, I will go to the next criteria, but the name is going to be available. Everybody knows the kicking, snapping, punting, big box store, kicking camps and competitions and those kind of things. I think that's misleading in that you know, there's just so much, and, and really it's not as applicable to the evaluation process that we need in, in the positions that I was in in evaluating those and, and signing those kids. Their name is out there, but it's not – I can't evaluate it because it's not game simulation. I want to know how you're going to handle the game. Are you going to make that kick? We're playing – we're at Ole Miss. We're at Alabama. There's 105,000 people there. If you're the punter 
and you see 10 guys up and you know they're all starters and they're all five stars and they're everything else, are you going to nail the punt? Are you going to give me 4.2 hang time? Are you going to give me 42 to 45 and put it in the direction that we want it to be? Or are you going to get the thing out there so fast that it's 3.2 hang time, it's a bullet, he catches it on the 40, and before our protection even has a chance to get it? Or are you going to make that big kick? I don't see that by YouTube. I don't see that by the the box store kicking competitions or anything else. And stars don't matter because what are you doing on, on, on the field? So pulling this all together, high school coaches are very important. Uh, I don't think enough is placed on, if you have a, a guy on your, that you played with, I'm a high school senior and I'm a kicker, a punter, long snapper. And I have someone from uh, my high school team is playing at a college. Have that guy talk to the coach. Hey, you're on our team. We like you. You know, you're giving us this guy. I like you. And if you're recommending somebody, I'm going to take a look at him. You know, because I got to see you every single day. So that's another avenue that we can work in. And then, you know, depending on how you want to progress, we can go now or down the line as to the nuts and bolts, how it, how it's really going to happen. Yeah. Um, I guess I want to ask a couple questions related to what your response was. So let's say hypothetically, um, I, I played for a one and nine team my sophomore year in high school. My first year starting on varsity as a kicker, I went five of six. But what if that was my senior year and the, and you were evaluating me and you were looking at Mike Schaefer, who I played, you know, alongside through high school and college, you know, and Mike Schaefer had had 15 attempts because that year uh, Sarasota Riverview was potent. They scored 50, 60 points a game and they knew they had a Mike Schaefer and they gave him the opportunity. Um, the, the only thing that I'm battling with uh, is convincing these kids that there's practice film settings that can be almost more valuable to guys like you if done well. Um, so let me give you a couple examples of what I don't like. I'll give you one. I don't like, and I think I've talked to you at length about this. It's not appealing to me to see a kid post a 60 yard one rep clip that lasts for five seconds, because what that screams to me is he probably had a set of 10 balls off, off the camera. So you couldn't see, and his intention was to hopefully hit it first, but it might have taken the fourth try, which it probably did. So now he's one of four from that distance. Uh, anyway, so there's that example. But what I encourage opposed to that line of thinking is, why don't you line up four balls, have them in the frame of the camera the entire time so the eye in the sky is not lying. And why don't you hit the first one, jog the next one, hit the, hit the second one, jog to the third, finish that set, and have your pre-snapper team look identical, have your breathing pattern look identical, um, have your ball on flight look very similar, and then get through it quickly and get through it efficiently, get through it effectively, stop the camera, post it, and tag the appropriate schools. I think there is a way to get your attention, a guy like you, outside of huddle film. Do you agree with that? I do. Uh, and and a uh, of course, I'm not boots on the ground uh, right now in 2020 other than working uh, with, with kids in that regard. Uh, as close as you can get things to game simulation, and you just explained a great way of doing it, I, I would also suggest this. In, in I've talked to the kids that I'm working with. I want to see the harder kicks. 
you know, I, I've been in, as you said, I've been in this business for an awful long time as a defensive coordinator, as a special teams coordinator. And I've gone back and I've been part of four 50 plus kicks. All those years, four in the games that I've been involved with. But I can tell you that I've been involved in game decisive kicks more than I would say 30 times where the ball was snapped inside the five on a hash. And I want to know if you can make that tough kick, you know, that, that, that call. Okay. Now going into the big picture again, that, that decision to kick that field goal was determined on Friday with the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator and the special teams coordinator. Can he make that kick? We determine what the kick line is going to be, where I can tell the head coach as the special teams coordinator, here's 95%. Here's the line that 95% of the time, I'm going to guarantee you my kicker is going to make this kick. And he can now make game plan, game winning decisions based on, do I go for it on fourth down or I take the guaranteed three? So these 50-yard kicks, I mean, they're great, but I, honestly, I'd like to watch the hook shot from midcourt with a basketball or the guy that, you know, turns his back to the, to the basket and shoots it over to the top. Then I do the 50-yard kicks. I want to see competitive situations, as you mentioned, move the ball, and where is your consistency if I can't watch the game film? That's that you, you hit the nail on the head. There's so much involved in guys like you, Dan, that do a phenomenal job. And I know a few, there's, there's a lot of people out there, but there's very few that you really trust that you get to know. And who's going to develop this kid to be able to, one, have tremendous technique and understand the whole concept of the technique. Coaches in college, there are very few that have that ability. What we want are the results. We, we know big picture. You guys know little picture. How can you work the tweak it? How can you explain to me, you know, what I'm working on? So I'm a big picture guy. I know all the fundamentals. I don't know as well as you on what that particular kicker has to do. Okay. So show me that he has the ability to develop. And, and we want, if, you, if you're not in a kicking situation, a game situation, let me see his progress. Let me see what he's doing. And again, I, I want to see the movement of the ball, not only because can you make it from here, but how do you adjust to those situations? Because that's game-like. I can't guarantee, you know, Gary Wonderlick, hey, Gary, you're only going to get the ball today on the, you know, right upright at the 23. That's all we're going to work on this week because that's all you're going to get. It doesn't work that way. So how much can you show me number one game video that's still going to be the, you know, the gold standard, but how many different scenarios can you show me that I can put in the bank saying he's been exposed to this? And you talk, we talked about this the other day. You know, you were, you were saying you went out in, in, in the rain. Well, that's the greatest video that you could possibly show in that environment. If there's going to be rain on Saturday, I'm wetting the balls. Or we're going out, if, you know, practice is indoor at our level. I'm taking the kids outside and we're kicking in the rain. 
if it's supposed to be windy, we're going out and we're kicking in the wind and we're kicking at the wind. We're kicking with the wind to our back. We're working on left side and right side. How is it coming across? Not only for field goals, but punts and kickoffs. I mean, those environmental issues and situations, if they're not on the game film, have you been exposed to it? And, you know, it was funny how you mentioned that the other day. And I'm saying, yeah, heck yeah. Get that on the video. Get those kids to put that out and send it across the country. Because now I can check that box. And it, it's interesting you pointed that out because reflecting on that Sunday, which was a couple of days ago, you could tell uh, when there was change. Like, Because we're, we're used to Florida and, we, you know, we'll cancel and rain often. But I said, let's roll with it. It's muddy. Who cares? And you could tell the focus took a while to shift back to normalcy. Like, you've got to put yourself uh, in an environment mentally like it is a flawless day out. You know, you could tell there was a hesitancy. There was a, the, the, the technique was lacking on some kids that I have very high expectations of because, again, they've avoided that environment. And what a worse scenario to have happen to have your first experience in a soggy plant area. Uh, when there's, you know, 70,000 people at the Egg Bowl or 80, whatever it is, a lot of people want to see you miss that. Um, so you've got to be strong minded and you've got to have uh, some background knowledge on how to handle that, you know, that situation for sure. Kids learned a lot that day. Um, no one's numbers were the best, but uh, I think it's kind of how it is in, in wet conditions in any level of football. Um, no one's their best when the conditions are less than optimal, but it's the ones that can get through it and outperform their opponent. Right. Um, it's usually the ones that have prepared in it more. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you go another step forward with that and just to build on it, we we're at Kentucky and it was two years ago, three years ago. Uh, and conditions are very, very windy. And it's a, you know, almost a must win game for both of us. Uh, every game's a must win, but uh, from the big picture of saving your jobs. So we're at Kentucky and we had won the toss. We returned, we, we got the ball. So at the beginning of the second half, we, they choose the ball. We choose which direction we were going to kick the ball. So I went to, to coach Luke and I said, okay, we, we make this decision. Do you want to go with the wind in the third quarter in hopes that we get ahead and if you know we can roll and we can kick more field goals or do you want to make the kick have the wind in your back for the fourth quarter that's a head coach's decision I'm going to present that to you you got to make that call okay you're making a lot more than I am even though you know I'll catch a lot of grief for it if it's a bad decision but so we end up deciding to have the wind at our back in the fourth quarter so we're kicking off into the wind and we're not a great kickoff, you know, our kicker, and we'll get to that, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, he's not guaranteeing that it's a touchback. So we're playing defense on every single one and against a really good return team. But we made that decision. We kick off into the wind, da-da-da-da. We get into the fourth quarter. Our punter hits a 64-yard punt. We down it on the one. They got to go 99. They do, <laughs> but, but at least that, from a special team start, standpoint, it gets there. Uh, Game-winning field goal, 34 yards, left upright. Luke Logan nails it. We kick off. They do the razzle-dazzle. We pick it off. We win at Kentucky, and, and it made it. So 
all those environmental things that you're working with are incredibly important. And if I don't see it again, we're gonna, it's a broken record, but if I don't see it on their game film, if I don't, you know, if, how else am I going to get it? Well, it's people like you. And again, it goes back to, and I'm sure we'll talk about this at some point, you know, the kicking competitions and we're going there, that, that's not happening. It's guys like you that are working with the kids every single day that can put them in that situation or that environment that is going to sway me one way or another. Wow. Uh, well, coming from you, Coach, I, I look up to you so much. And again, like I, I've learned more in these few weeks with you on the things that I should be more aware of. You know, you mentioned you're the, you're the coordinator, right? I'm the, I'm a specialist still. I'm just in a different role. I happen to be a coach now. I used to be a kicker, but like I have isolated roles, but they're very important roles because they have to fit with your scheme in order to be effective. Um, so I think that, that people like us should start getting together more often because I think in the grand scheme of the special teams world, we could progress uh, exponentially faster. I think it's gotten better. I think we're, we're so much better than we were 20 years ago as a whole. But I have an interesting question I'd like to ask. Uh, going back to what you mentioned about the situation where uh, let's say we have like second, seconds on the clock, it's a tie game, it's the Egg Bowl, um, and the head coach wants to get the three, but he, he, he looks at you first and you have to make that decision ultimately and give him the confidence to, in fact, pull the trigger on the field goal. But what are your thoughts? Um, is it how they did in halftime and pregame and how they've looked throughout the game? Like, what are the things that weigh most heavily when you, in fact, say with, with confidence that my kid's going to make this kick? Go ahead and let him do it. That's a great question. And that's one that I couldn't answer back when I was working with Nate Trout or, or Mike Schaefer or those guys. I, I, you know, I was, again, I was a defensive coach um, that worked with kickers and punters and long snappers. So I didn't, you know, kick the ball. Uh, I'm going to watch you during special teams periods. I'm not going to see what you're doing on your own and everything else. Uh, and I think time, it, it certainly it's progressed, especially when they went to 10 coaches and then people have expanded their staff. So a person like me would be working with those kids, you know, uh, individually and get an idea. Uh, I got to know my kids really, really well. They, they were tested. Uh, you know, we would set up, I would set up a daily practice schedule to put them in different uh, situations. The way I worked it, and I thought it was a good system because the feedback I have, you know, again, they're different birds than linebackers, DBs, quarterbacks, wide receivers. So I would continually try to get feedback on what, what they felt was, was good, which wasn't good. But they would go out and they would stretch and they would warm up and then we would have special teams uh, periods with the offense and the, you know, coverage teams and whatever. And then we would take parts of the day and put them in situations. And what are we get? you know, here's our schedule for today. Here's where the kicks are. Here's where the punts are going to be. And they would have that individual time and, and we would start to get a feel for what they were, you know, what they were involved in. And by the end of the week, I would have a real good sense of where their head was at not a better way of putting it where, you know, where, where are you with, with what's going on? And 
and probably this is jumping ahead, but the develop, we're not starting freshmen. There, 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 there's not many, maybe there's a really, really good field goal kicker out there or a really strong leg kickoff guy as a freshman, maybe, you know, and, it, and it's 5%. The guys that we're putting on the field are, are redshirt freshmen or redshirt sophomores or juniors. I mean, we, I've been around these guys. I know what they're doing. It, I never had that great guy come in as a freshman and be dynamic. It just, there's so many things. And you, you, you were this guy. I mean, you won a national championship as a specialist. The physical development of kickers and punters in particular, and along with snappers, but more kickers and punters is you're not ready. You're not ready to physically, you're going to change more than any other position. So, the expectation of a high school senior, 95% of those kids physically aren't going to be ready to go for another two years. And now all of a sudden they blossom and they're strong and they're confident and they're, you know, whoa, look at what I can do. My technique is so much better and it's gone along with my develop, my physical development along with maturity. So we've been through that now. You Okay, so now we're at that sophomore. Now we're at that junior. And I've been with you, and I know. And we're going to sit down and we're going to say, I'm going to talk to them on Thursday before I sit down with the head coach on Friday. You know, Gary, what do you think's legit? Okay. You, you give me, and I'm going to tell you, well, coach, I, you know, I feel really good. You know, you put the ball on the 30-yard line. The spot is the 37. It's a 47-yard field goal. I'm a fourth-year senior. I'm going to win. The, you know, I, I can be through everything. Coach, that's 95%. I'm telling you. Take two yards away if I'm kicking into the wind, but I'm going to make that kick. Okay? <laughs> You've done it in practice. You've done it in game. You're, you're, you're this guy. So I make that decision. Uh, you're struggling. We're trying to get you back on track. And it's always mental. You know that. It's never a physical thing. If it's a physical thing, you – Everybody knows it, and you and you, you you will look at your options. Where's your head at? That's my job as a coach to get you to the right frame of mind and to explain to you. You know, you really didn't have a great week of practice. We're saying the thirty. Well, this week I kind of think it. You know, with confidence, might be the twenty-five. And I'm telling you this before I go tell Coach Freeze or Coach Luke. And it's nothing against you. We'll just make that decision. And the same goes with the punter. You know, I mean, it, it, it's – you had a great week of practice. You put that – the hang time was great. The location was great. This week, you know, what's with the location? You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're kicking to the right, and you're putting the thing on the hash mark. You're not at the numbers. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're in the middle of the field, and I want to go left. And you keep putting it in the middle of the field. You know, how do we get to, to where we have to be and want to be? Well – Here's the disconnect then, in my opinion, based on what you said, what, everything you just said, it sounded like there was a plan, like I mentioned earlier, a purpose, there was a structure, um, there was a set up situations to uh, evaluate because we have to, in fact, see where you are before the next game. And I think the disconnect lies at the high school level that there is almost zero 
emphasis placed or situations, even if it was for a minute, you know, why not throw a minute or two a week in your practice plan where your field goal unit, wherever they are, an individual has to sprint to a spot, execute a field goal, get back to your individual groups. You know, it would take limited time, but I think to make an informed decision on Friday in this situation, in this scenario is, it's not going to happen. You're not going to make an educated choice. You're just going to hope that the kick is made. Whereas you, based on that week leading up, it may have changed from the previous Saturday because there were examples, there were situations put in place to see where in fact this kid is right here and now because we are humans and it's not just a kicker thing. You know quarterbacks get you know, into their funks. And a lot of times it definitely isn't physical. Like you said, it's more oftentimes it's upstairs. It's their process. It's the, it's the way they're thinking. It's the lack of confidence, even though it's all still there physically. So I think that if we draw parallels to what everyone's already experts in, and that's everything else in football, you mentioned that last week in our discussion that you, you've almost experienced everything in football, but the little things you, you are getting exposed to not exposed, I should say, but you're seeing for the first time is oftentimes a special teams scenario. Well, you know, and then you see in the NFL sometimes it's like, at least me, I'm sure you know the rule, but I question myself. I'm like, man, I don't know the game as well as I should because I don't know definitively if that call was the right call. It's, it's fascinating, right? And it's like I said, it's a third of the game and it's, it's been neglected. And I know it's been neglected because even someone like me that's into it, still every day I learn something brand new, you know, because I was, I was never taught. The coach, I, I want to uh, let the audience know that you are going to be a recurring guest on the show. So today's, pur- t- today's, today's purpose was uh, I wanted them to get to know you. Obviously, you know, we can't help it. We want to we go into details because that's what we're about. You know, we know it's the smallest of things that make the big. Um, we're going to bring Coach on, Coach Rip, he likes to be called, probably once a month. And we're going to probably move forward and try to stay in one topic and just go as deep as we can in that topic and compliment each other's thoughts from different perspectives. You know, he would have been my coach. I, I, you know, I played against him when I was at Miami and he was at Syracuse, but he would have been my coach on the other sideline. So it's, it's awesome to get to finally talk to someone in an informal way about what it is that we both care a lot about. So coach, if you want to just end with how they can contact you, um, maybe your website or your social media handles, because I want these guys to start following you. Uh, you've got some great stuff to offer. Well, thank you. I, I, it was great to hear that you wanted to have me back. I wasn't sure, you know, we had talked about, you know, possibly that happening, and then I'm saying, well, I don't know. This conversation, did he, did he like what uh, what we were about? So I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, if, if I have a website, uh, www dot chris ripon r-i-p-p-o-n dot com and that kind of gives the whole timeline and some of the highlights and uh my favorite thing of course is the picture with my wife and my kids uh at the bowl games and those kind of things uh but i have coach rip consulting and really uh focusing on helping the 2021 and 2022 kickers punters and long snappers in this whole recruiting process and i feel great about it dan because i think i'm the only one out there that has an inside out perspective you know what is what what did i want to see from a video standpoint what did i want to see how we were going to make that evaluation process how i was going to get how you were going to be able to contact me uh, in my bubble and, and those kind of things. Uh, and 
my my uh, it's at Coach Rip Showtime on Twitter and uh, Coach Rip Showtime uh, at AOL.com. So thank you for the chance to to do that, and it's great for me because uh, I'm not in the recruiting process right now, but I'm getting to meet kids from all over the country. And uh, one last thing I just want to mention, I know you do this and, and kids can do it right away on their own, not when they're specifically with you. My biggest challenge as a specialist coach is integrating the concept of focus and concentration. Uh, can you stay focused when the game is being played because you don't know when it's going to happen, when your number is going to be called? and transition to concentrating the kick or the punt. And, and they can work on that on their own. That's something to me is the maturity aspect that is overlooked that really is the nuts and bolts of being a successful specialist. Wow. That, see, that could be a topic on its own because, you know, there's breathing involved and I think kids cut air off. I think that kids get very stiff and stressful, adverse situations, and they've got to, and they've got to be loose, right? Yeah. And, and what is your mantra? You know, I'm sure that you had one, you know, you were a great kicker on a national championship team. You, there was a certain way that you could pull yourself back in and here's what I'm going to do every single time that I'm getting called or prepared. Here's what goes through my head and it relaxes me and it focuses and, and I can get into that groove that takes me from, being in front of a hundred thousand people, national TV, there's millions and millions to where I'm just at the field with you working individual techniques. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, I think that a lot can be learned from if you catch an NFL game in person, you know, it's fascinating to see the um, behaviors on the sideline, how the specialist at TV timeouts, the snapper will do a short snap with the holder, get three or four flawless reps and get off the field before the TV timeouts over um, there's a lot of dead time in high school football and college football where you never, ever see those levels doing that. And if that's, if that's your job, you might want to do it often because you're going to be called upon once and it's got to count. Uh, I, you know, so, you know, uh, you don't, you don't have to tell me. So that being said, you know, this is, uh, been a wonderful episode of fourth down focus uh, i want to thank you again coach rip you know that this has been invaluable i think that people are going to really enjoy this it was insightful it was definitely some new information for everyone listening um, i just want to remind everyone that if they uh, have some ideas for topics or if you have questions um, one thing we haven't done and we're going to start today is you can get a hold of me uh fourth down you.com on most platforms Sorry, fourth down you, I should say, on most platforms. My website, fourthdownu.com, is a way to contact me. You can email me and just let me know, hey, you know, I'd like you to, to talk about this next time. Something that I want to consider doing and brainstorming some new thoughts because we want to hear from you guys. So thanks again, Coach. Thank you, Dan. Um, I will be in touch with you, and uh, I hope everyone has a great day. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save 